0: In fact, just not even the whole lesson, I want to teach one particular chart. I want to teach on the topic of the Holy Ghost. Now, a few weeks ago, we taught on baptism. And tonight, I want to teach, or today, (laughs) I want to teach on the Holy Ghost. This chart deals with, is it necessary? Thank you, Josh. You did a good job. Don't he look good Is it, is it necessary to receive the Holy Ghost? And we're going to answer that question. And then I might go on. Now, this is the main chart I want to look at, the, the purpose of the Holy Ghost. This is a really good lesson, one of my favorite ones to teach. Is it uh, necessary and the purpose of the Holy Ghost? So if you have your Bibles, or I'm going to actually just read from the screen. And uh, we're going to just go through some scriptures here. So we're going to look at Acts 2.38. It's a good starting point. Acts 2.38. We're, we uh, rolled out a new, um, what do we call this, software for our screen. Today's the first day. I don't know if you notice much difference up here. Is there a difference up here? Yeah, a little different, but we got a lot going on, on on our back screen, which is what the singers use and what I use if I'm teaching from uh, the uh, scriptures and those kind of things. So it really helps me to to be able to watch that. So if you see some, our prayer requests will be back on the screen. Uh, We didn't do away with those. It's just we're in transition right now. We're learning some things. So that should be back up very soon. So anyway, a lot of new stuff, a lot of neat stuff, really neat stuff. So we're thankful for everybody that's making that happen. And uh, we appreciate you. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, this is in response to their question on the day of Pentecost, the multitude hearing the upper room, 120 believers there in the upper room with the disciples. Peter stood up and began to, uh, they, Jesus told them to go and tarry and to wait there in Jerusalem till they were filled with power, endued with power from on high. He said they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. They didn't know what that was. Today, when we talk about the Holy Ghost, we know what we're talking about, of course. If you don't, you can go look it up in the Bible. But in, the, uh, in that day, nobody had ever received the Holy Ghost. And so he just said, go wait. You're going to be endued with power from on high. So they go to uh, Jerusalem. They go into the upper room of that building. There they are praying. They're tearing. They are waiting on the gift that the Lord had told them was coming. And so the Bible says that while they were there, while they waited, uh, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It tells us of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues, cloven tongues like as for fire. You can read that on your own. But as that happened, uh, the multitude who was around began to question what was going on. And they said, th- they thought they were drunk. And so Peter stood up and said, these men, they're not drunk, as you suppose. And he began to tell them, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel, saying that in the last days I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. He began to preach to them uh, from Joel. Oh, Alex and Mackenzie, I didn't see you back there. We're glad you're here. Are you leaving? We'll, we'll circle up through here. Can you or is it, are you in a hurry? Are you in a big hurry? What you got to do? Just, you just got a little baby. Oh, look at Renly. This is her first time here. We're glad she's out of the hospital and she's here with us. Congratulations. We're glad she's doing better. She's like, I didn't see that coming at all. (laughs) Should have been in the first service, you would have had a heart attack. (laughs) I had people having anxiety attacks when Brother Worthen and I did our little illustration. (laughs) That was good stuff right there. So Peter stood up and began to preach to them. No, this is the Holy, this is the Spirit of God, and it's what was prophesied by Joel. And he began to preach to them about Jesus. And they asked, so when he said, "Uh, you know, you've crucified the Lord, they said, well, what shall we do? And the question was, what do we need to do to be saved? And this was his response to them in Acts 2.38. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. So let me stop there and say, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, then the first step you need to do, first of all, we repent of our sins. But the next thing we do is to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission, the removal, the washing away of, of those sins. Uh, it really is, some people say, well, when are, when are our sins really forgiven? When we repent or when we're baptized. This is really a birth. Jesus talked to Nicodemus about a new birth, being born again. So you're not born until you're completely born. And so we understand that really for our sins to be, for the remedy of our sins to occur, we need to repent and then obey in obedience where the blood is applied and our sins are washed away, removed from our record. Wonderful. Amen. And then he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right. Now, Um, When we're baptized We are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ That's what Peter said And everybody in the New Testament That was baptized Was baptized the same way In water They were completely immersed That means they went all the way under the water How many of you How many of you young people up here on the front row How many of you have been baptized in Jesus name already Look at that A good portion of them (laughs) Amen Congratulations while you've got your hand in there air, just say hallelujah, amen. <laughs> and the rest of them, uh, the Lord's dealing with their hearts, and they're hearing it taught, and they're hearing it taught every week, and you're teaching them about it, and it's coming, amen. amen. So don't ever be afraid to bring your children up here and let them see the baptistry, and uh, don't—that's that shouldn't be a scary place for them. They can put their hand in there and fill the warm water and just get them ready for it. And throw them on in there if you want to. <laughs> Jesus' name. Kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Just kidding. I am just kidding. <laughs> so, you, so some people say, well, what about uh, Matthew 28, 19? Jesus said that to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And so <clears throat> there's uh, some people that baptize. When they baptize people, they use those words. Um, but there's no discrepancy here in the Bible. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. Um, <clears throat> Peter was doing what Jesus had commanded them, which they knew what the name of the Father was, which is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. When you say Jesus, you're saying the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. We know all three are one. And so we are complete. Peter was not going against what Jesus taught. Everybody who was baptized in the New Testament was baptized in water, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. Amen. So that's the way we should be baptized according to the word of God. So be careful about that. Be very serious and prayerful about that and make sure that you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, he says, and you shall, shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we talked a few weeks ago about Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. We won't go back there, but that's where Jesus talks about a new birth. That, that uh, he, in order to see the kingdom and to enter the kingdom, we must be born again. And, though, and Nicodemus didn't understand, so Jesus goes into a little more detail. and He says, uh, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Water is baptism, and the spirit is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And so we see this realized come to fruition in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost fell on them and they began to speak with other tongues. Okay, so let me talk a little bit here about... is it necessary to receive the, the Holy Ghost? Is this necessary or is this something that's just nice and not everybody receives it? Well, that conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. By the way, I'm teaching from this search for truth. I want to give you a little sample of this Bible study. And if you uh, maybe would like to know more about this Bible study, I or that we have a number of people in our church that teach this Bible study and others. And uh, maybe you're watching today and you think, man, I'd like to learn more about the Word of God. We'd love to come to your home, we'll meet you at the church, whatever, and uh, teach this Bible study to you, and uh, just be a blessing to you. One thing we don't do, we don't argue about any religion or any views, we just, we start in the beginning of Genesis, and we just look at the Bible together, that's all we do, and I think you would really enjoy it. So, is it necessary? So that conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus that's recorded in John, um, Nicodemus was really a scholar. He was an honored religious leader. He was a man of position and prominence. And yet he was genuinely dissatisfied with himself. He wanted more. His religion had not met his deepest needs. So he came to Jesus by night to learn from Jesus. And this this would be like a Harvard University professor going down on a back street of Boston to learn from a, some obscure person. But he, had, but he had need of something, so he went. And he starts the conversation with, Jesus, we know that you are a teacher come from God. And Jesus' reply was, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus didn't understand, as many do not today. And how can a man be born again when he's old? So Jesus was not talking about a natural birth. He was talking of the spiritual birth that men would experience on the day of Pentecost. A man must be born of the water, baptism, and of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, or he cannot enter the kingdom. There is no other way. But what is the kingdom of God? Well, Paul tells us in the book of Romans that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not not outward actions or ceremonial observances or rituals, but, but he says it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. All his subjects are governed by the power of his spirit that has transformed their human nature and renewed their minds. So, do who who needs the Holy Ghost and, and is it necessary to receive the Holy Ghost? Well Jesus said, Except you're born of the water and of the Spirit. This is imperative that we understand our need of receiving the Holy Ghost. And by the way, it's a it's a gift. Peter said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So it's not something that's imposed upon us, but it is something that's necessary for us to experience the new birth. Amen. Amen. So we all need to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to talk to you about this, one of my favorite charts of this whole Bible study, which is the purpose of the Holy Ghost. In the purpose of the Holy Ghost, we're going to talk about a few different things here, and I won't keep you very long today, but I'm going to go through these scriptures. John 14, 26. We'll start there. So really, the Holy Ghost, according to Colossians 1.27, is, the, is Christ in you. That's the Holy Ghost. Christ, think of that, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so this is a mystery that has been hidden from ages and generations past. But now, thank God, we live in this, this time. It's been manifest, made manifest to us, His saints. In Romans 8.9, we find that we do not have the Spirit of Christ. If we don't have it, we are none of His The plan of God has always been that he could dwell within us. Instead of his bodily presence, we have his spirit to lead us, guide us, and direct us. So first of all, the Holy Ghost, according to John 14, 26, let's read that. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you. Everybody say, teach you. All things He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So, first of all, the Holy Ghost is our teacher. He is to bring all things to our remembrance and open our understanding of the Word of God. Next, Isaiah 28 and verse 11 and verse 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people? To whom he said, this is the rest. Everybody say rest. Wherewith he may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So, first of all, it is our teacher. And next it is to refresh us and cause us to rest. Amen. If you're not feeling refreshed and you're not feeling rested... Maybe just tap into the Holy Ghost. Yes. Get a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes. There is rest and peace in this experience. Yes. And it's also to reveal things to come unto us. Look at John sixteen thirteen, It says to show you things to come. Yes. Yes. Howbeit when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Praise God. So he reveals hidden dangers to us. He shows us in advance things that are coming to pass at times. Um, there's a protection for his children. And then he gives us power to witness. Acts 1.8 says he gives us power to witness, Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's why there's been times, I'm sure, and if those of you that have the Holy Ghost where you may not consider yourself a teacher or a speaker, uh, but you've been in situations where opportunity was there and the door opened and you leave that experience saying, where did that come from? That came from the Holy Ghost. He gives you power to witness, to say things that you didn't go in there planning to say. In fact, sometimes if we know that it's coming up, we'll, we might get in the way. We make all these notes and try to think of what we're going to say. But the Holy Ghost will just lead us and guide us and helps us to be witnesses. And then in Romans 8, 11, and this is very, very powerful. The greatest reason of all for receiving the Holy Ghost, I think, Paul says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwell in you. Amen. So it gives us power to be resurrected at his coming. We meet, so do we need the Holy Ghost? You better believe we, we need the Holy Ghost. And that is the purpose of the Holy Ghost. These things... And so I would ask, why, you know, people say, well, do I need the Holy Ghost? My question would be, why would anyone not want to receive the Holy Ghost when all these benefits come built in with the Holy Ghost? All of you that have, that have the Holy Ghost, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. As I read through that list and read those scriptures, I saw, I could hear, I could hear you saying, mm-hmm, and I could see it in your eyes. You relate to these things. Right. Yes. And sometimes we kind of forget. We, get, we, we have it for so long, you know. Um, it's kind of like, you know, anything that we have. After a while, we just kind of get, that's the new norm. And we get used to the Lord just kind of leads us. And oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you stop and think about, it, oh, the Lord led me. Gives you the things to say. God did that. Gives me rest. Oh. I should, how can I rest in the middle of all this stuff? So it's the Holy Ghost that's in us, and that is the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to answer this question. Um, I'm going to go on to the next chart. And the next chart says this. This is a great question. Do all speak with other tongues when they receive the Holy Ghost? Let me cover this up. What do you think the answer is? (laughs) Yes. So <laughs> these are high tech, very modern day charts. No, they're not. This was written back in the 60s and they haven't done a thing to the charts. They're really, not, I like it. I don't say, Why well, improve on something that's so good. They're very simple, but man, they make great points. So the answer on the chart says yes. Now it doesn't just say yes and move on. It gives you scriptures here as to why we would answer that question affirmatively. So we've already read where all the apostles, plus the mother of Jesus, now we didn't read it, but we would have if had I taught you the whole lesson, plus, plus 107 other received the Holy Ghost. In that upper room on the day of Pentecost, every one of them received the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking with other tongues. So let's look at, let, let me keep this chart up here. So uh, that's all the scriptures I gave you, wasn't it? I didn't give you any more scriptures, did I? I gave you more. Okay, that's good. Uh, Don't need that one. I think I just forgot to read that one over here. No, I didn't. Hang on to that one. Hang on to that. Yes. I'm not used to working with somebody on this chart. I've just got my Bible flipping through. Okay, so everybody in the upper room, did all of them speak with other tongues according to the word of God? They did. In Acts, the eighth chapter, we won't read there, but if we were, if we were to go to Acts chapter eight, we would read there where the Samaritans received the Holy Ghost and they received it the first time by speaking in other tongues. Now, we know this uh, because um, they did not receive the Holy Ghost until Peter came They'd already believed, they'd already been baptized, but they didn't receive the Holy Ghost until Peter came. Now, Peter unlocks the door for the Samaritans to enter the kingdom of God. And we read that in Acts 8. If you're taking notes, you can read this later. Acts 8, 14 through 24. The scripture does not necessarily say they spoke with other tongues in that particular instance, but it implies they did because we know that because when they received the Holy Ghost, first of all, it was a distinct, something distinct happened that caused them to know it wasn't just them believing, it wasn't just them being baptized. They knew when Peter got there, something happened that caused them to know they received the Holy Ghost. And something happened that caused Simon, who was watching, he wanted to buy the gift. He saw what happened and he said, I want to buy that. So if they had just sat there silently and unmoved when Peter laid his hands upon them and they received the Holy Ghost, well, why would Simon want to buy something like that? So we know it's, it's like most things in the Bible. Once it's mentioned so many times, it doesn't explicitly mention it, but it's always strongly implied. That's one instance where it was strongly implied. Now, in Acts the 10th chapter, so the Samaritans in Acts 8, the the, uh, Acts chapter 10 is, thank the Lord, this is where we see the Gentiles, the non-Jews, Received the Holy Ghost for the first time A man by the name of Cornelius had been Praying and he'd been praying for his Household and while he was praying uh, For the Lord he wanted the God's will he knew he needed something from The Lord he was praying God lead me and He said go send somebody down and Get Peter and Peter while that was Going on with Cornelius Peter's having his own prayer meeting with the Lord, and the Lord's giving him some visions and showing him, preparing him for what's about to happen because Peter had no clue that the, that the Gentiles were going to receive the Holy Ghost until he got a knock on the door from a couple of Gentiles that said, hey, our, uh, our, our, our leader Cornelius sent us to fetch you. So he goes to Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, He goes there a little, maybe apprehensive, a little uncertain, a little ambivalent. But he's called. The Lord's already told them, don't call anything unclean that I call clean. So he obeys and he goes and he teaches. He begins to preach. And as he's preaching in Acts, the 10th chapter, you can read it for yourself. As he's preaching, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on them. And they all were filled with the Holy Ghost while he was preaching to them. He knew they received the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they had that initial sign, the evidence of them speaking in other tongues. When he got back to Jerusalem, all the Jews that were not with him, the other disciples, apostles, they wanted to know, What's up with that? Why are you going and preaching to the Gentiles? And he said, oh, it's evident. God is no respecter of persons because they they received the Holy Ghost just like we received it. I saw them and heard them speak with other tongues. So the Samaritans did. Cornelius and his household, his friends, his kinsmen did. Um, In Acts the 19th chapter, the men at Ephesus did when they received the Holy Ghost. Um, In Acts chapter 2, the mother of Jesus, Mary, did. She was there in that upper room. In Acts chapter 2, all the apostles did. They spoke with other tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. When we get to Paul, the, the writer of over half of the New Testament, he says, he tells us about him speaking in tongues. He spoke in tongues when he received the Holy Ghost. And so, to speak with tongues is the initial evidence that you have received the Holy Ghost. We know that because we see that Exampled for us in the Word of God. Now, I, I pause here as I do when I, if I were sitting in your house, I'm just talking to you like if I were sitting at your living room table and tell you that, because um, some people say, well, if, why is it? Why, why did God choose speaking with other tongues? And why, why, why that physical evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost? Well, first of all, You may have to ask the Lord that when you get to heaven, Uh, just like you may want to ask him why he chose blood for atonement. Some things we just maybe don't know and God doesn't have to explain and God doesn't have to consult with anybody but himself. Um, uh, Tongues is an external evidence of something that has taken place in the heart. Uh, every aspect of God's work in the human heart is manifested outwardly in one form or, or another. Um, it is only natural to expect differences in temperament and personality to cause different reactions to the gift of the Spirit. Some are naturally shy, some are timid, while others are loud and emotional and boisterous. All you loud people say yes. yes. Mm-hmm. All you quiet people just sit there. But, but the evidence of speaking with other tongues is the uniform sign, uniform sign, that one has received the Holy Ghost. So some of you, if you're, you're a little more open or whatever, maybe you spoke in tongues very loudly. Some people, they just speak very quietly, maybe not very long. Uh, but uniformly and universally, people, they spoke with tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. And that's why Peter was so positive of the genuineness of the Gentiles' experience when he heard them speak with tongues. And now this, is, this would be the answer. If I, were to, if I were to say this is probably the answer to the question, why tongues? I don't have a scripture that says this is it, but I, this is what I would surmise. And that is that it is a symbol of the Spirit's complete control of an individual. The Bible lets us know that your tongue is the most unruly member of your body. We can tame everything else, and the tongue will go last. It will come into agreement last it 's the thing you will struggle with the most, your tongue, what you say amen and so it 's almost as though the lord said i 'm going to show when i when I come in that I am going to show the sign." of taking control of that most unruly member of your body. And if it's just for a few seconds or a few minutes or a few hours, if it's uh, once every month or once every six months, or, you know, we, I was talking with somebody recently about how often people should or do or whatever speak in tongues. And, and we really don't have any scripture that says you must speak in tongues. We don't even have a scripture that says you must speak in tongues to receive the Holy Ghost. That's not in the Bible. It doesn't say you must. It says you must Receive the Holy Ghost And then when we see everyone receive the Holy Ghost It's just like a light bulb Uh, If the electricity flows through that bulb It's going to light up And that's kind of what tongues is. It's just when it happens, you're going to know because it's going to light up and tongues are going to take place. So, but the Bible doesn't say you must light up. It says you must have the Holy Ghost. And when we get the Holy Ghost, you're going to light up. All right. So it doesn't say you must speak in tongues, but it does say you, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. And everybody who received the Holy Ghost spoke with other tongues as that initial evidence. We have no scripture that says you must speak in tongues every day. I'm just going to tell you, I do speak in tongues pretty much every day. It's just part of my prayer time. It's part of my prayer language. But I can tell you also, I speak in tongues fairly... You can hear me here when I'm part of my worship. I I can go from English into tongues very easily. I can almost do it if I'm talking about the Holy Ghost and receiving the Holy Ghost. I can start, you know, I got to hold back. Not everybody's wired that way. Not everybody's built that way. Um, so I do... I, I like to do it because... It, It's part of my prayer language. That's completely separate from that initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, okay? So um, every one of us, when we receive the Holy Ghost, we're going to speak in tongues according to the Bible as that initial evidence. How often you do that after that, that's between you and the Lord, you know. Um, Probably should sometimes pray in the Spirit and uh, pray through your flesh and pray into the Spirit. That should happen more than just one time in your life. Um, and uh, how often that is. You need to take that up with the Lord and pray about that and those kind of things. But don't go, don't go a long time. Don't go a long time without praying through your flesh and getting into the Holy Ghost. Now, you say, Brother well, because I haven't spoken tongues for so long. Well, don't worry. Don't fret. Don't panic. Uh, you don't have to go into panic mode. Just make it a matter of prayer. Just ask and say, Lord, you know, I'd really like that. Like that I'd like to have a recess. Re- re- kind of stir that gift up. And I think when that gift gets stirred up, that initial sign will come forth. And you might be surprised once you do it again, it might start coming a little more often. But tongues is one of those things where we have to be careful because when we talk about tongues, we have the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, which we've read and we've studied about today. And then we have um, tongues that are one of the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. Tongues is one of those nine. And when when God is operating in that, that's, for to be, that's to be interpreted. So it always goes hand in hand with gift of tongues and gift of interpretation of tongues because it does us no good to hear you speak in tongues as the gift when we don't know what you're saying. Right. But it might do me a lot of good if I'm worshiping God to go into tongues. He's edifying me, but that's not edifying you. So I'm never going to come in here and spend the whole time speaking in tongues because that doesn't do anything for you. I can do that at home, Amen. I can do that at home in my prayer closet. And, and then there is a prayer. I believe Paul speaks about praying in the spirit. I think that's praying in tongues, praying in another language. So um, there's three different areas there, different applications of tongues. The one that is universal is when we receive the Holy Ghost, in the Bible anyway, we see that everyone spoke with other tongues as the initial evidence, and I believe that that unruly member of your body, that the tongue, is the last thing to surrender, and it's that evidence that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you begin to speak in that heavenly language or some other foreign language, whatever God's speaking through you. And But be assured, you're giving God glory. You're glorifying God. That's what they said on the day of Pentecost. That we hear every man speaking in our tongue and basically glorifying God, Amen. glorifying God. So that's what you're doing when you speak in that other language. The um, Bible says that... Uh, these signs shall follow him that believe. One of those signs, uh, show me uh, that last scripture there. John seven thirty-seven. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Go ahead. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Go ahead to the next scripture if you don't mind. Sorry, I told you 38, but I wanted 39 as well. And then John parenthetically explains to us, this spake he of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him, there it is, should receive, for the Holy Ghost had not yet been given, was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So John explains, Jesus said, anyone who, uh, uh, if you believe on me, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of believing water. John said, he's talking about the Holy Ghost. Okay, so does everyone that believes automatically receive the Holy Ghost? Well, um, go back one scripture. Can you do that? He that believeth on me. What's the next part say? Okay, it's not as simple as just believing God exists. It's not as simple as just believing he died on Calvary. So when we see that... uh, after the comma, uh, as the Scripture hath said, that means we've got to get in the Scriptures and understand how are we supposed to believe? What does that look like? What do we do? Belief in Jesus. Now, you can believe me about something and never make a move. You can just believe me in your mind. But when it comes to Jesus, and and musicians, if you could come, and singers come too, when it it deals with... Believing God is always connected with obedience. Hear what I said there. Believing the Scriptures is always linked to obedience to the Word of God. We can't just say, oh, yes, I believe that and go on our way. So as the Scripture hath said means we got to get in the Scripture and say, what do I do if I'm a believer? Oh, okay, Peter said to repent. Peter said to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Jesus said you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. If I believe that I'm going to apply myself to those things, I'm going to take action and I'm going to repent of my sins, I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's why Peter was able to say, when you do those things, when you do what you were instructed to do, when you've obeyed those things, then the Lord will do His part, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody in the Bible that received the Holy Ghost had that initial evidence of speaking in tongues, and then we have all the benefits of the Holy Ghost. It's going to to give us power to be witnesses, going to give us rest, going to refresh us, going to show us things to come, come on, going to teach us things to come, going to lead us into all truth and oh hallelujah one of these days when the rapture takes place it's going to resurrect it's going to change our body from mortal into immortal who wouldn't want the Holy Ghost who would not want the Holy Ghost amen Amen. it's our hope it's our only hope give the Lord a hand clap of praise praise God now normally if I'm in your home I'm going to say do we have any questions I'm not doing that today because we got so many people But I will tell you, if you have any questions about this, um, write them down, text me, set up a time. Let's sit down and talk about it and answer your questions about these. These are important things that we want to talk to you about. So if you have any questions about this, I'm glad to answer them. But right now, why don't we stand all over the building? And I'm going to ask you, if you would just raise your hands. And anybody here today that's never received the Holy Ghost, if you want to receive the Holy Ghost today, listen, and I'm going to give you some instructions here, okay? I'm just, I'm, doing, I'm giving you instructions from what I've seen in the Bible when people receive the Holy Ghost. Remember on the day of Pentecost, Peter didn't get up and say, okay, thank you, singers, and uh, now let's stand and let's read, let's take a text and let's pray, and now you may be seated, and then gave three points and then an altar call. He just preached, they believed, and they received the Holy Ghost. He said, be baptized, and they were just baptized, right? So um, you, I, and on the day of Pentecost, the whole room was filled. He came into that upper room and filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they all received the Holy Ghost. So if you want the Holy Ghost today, want a refilling of the Holy Ghost, you want to receive the Holy Ghost today, you can receive it today. So you don't, you don't even have to come up to the front. You can receive it right there at your seat if you like. Amen. Just worship the Lord. So they're going to sing. And uh, you're, we're going to worship the Lord. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, just raise your hands. Connect to the Lord. Block everything else out. I'm going to give you some advice. Don't think about where you're heading after church. Don't think about uh, what Grandma would say <laughs> about you being in a Pentecostal church. This isn't about Pentecost or Baptist or or Church of Christ. Or This is just about the, you, the Word of God. Amen. All right? So the Word of God says, repent. So... Before we go any farther, I want to ask you just to take a moment, close your eyes, everybody in the building. You don't have to kneel, just stand where you are and just ask the Lord to forgive you of any sin that's in your heart. That's repentance. Lord, forgive me. God, I just, right now, Lord, if there's anything in my heart that shouldn't be there, impure thoughts or anger or pride or arrogance, Lord, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. I repent of that right now. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Pray that prayer. That's all you got. Just pray that just mean it. Say it in your own words. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I want to turn away from my sins. And I want you to live inside of me. I want your spirit inside of me, Lord. If you want it more than anything in the world, just raise your hands right now and begin to praise Him. Just begin to worship the Lord. If you want the Holy Ghost, just begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Say things like Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. That's how we praise Him. We praise Him with our breath and we praise Him with our words. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As the Holy Ghost begins to move on you, you might get stammering lips and You might begin to speak in it. Don't worry about that. Just let it flow. That's just the evidence that the Spirit of God is filling you right now all over this building. Lord, I pray your Spirit would fill this house in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I speak to this people to receive the Holy Ghost according to the Word of God. If you're watching at home right now, put your hands in the air. Begin to worship God. Let the Holy Ghost move on you. Then let it come inside of your heart. He's going to give you the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I open my heart to you. God, I'm, I'm ready. I'm an open vessel. Fill me with the Holy Ghost, Lord. I want the gift of the Holy Ghost, Lord come on church let's begin to pray in the spirit right now let's begin to pray in the spirit right now go ahead and worship the Lord that's it just go ahead and worship the Lord take your time let God move on you right now we're going to worship we're going to sing you want to come up around the front you're welcome but God can do it right where you are the he, 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 bo, bo, blood of Jesus Christ will come to the altar, the Father's arms are.